Hello and welcome to today's podcast in life in Christ. Um, today I would like us to consider the subject of another gospel. I know it's a, it's a subject that has created a lot of confusion in believers of what is another gospel. And everyone seems to defend what they preach as the true gospel and fail to understand what the apostle meant by another gospel. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you this hour. We bless you for the opportunity to study your word together. And Lord, we pray that as we study these words, we ask that revelation knowledge be granted unto everyone, that we come with understanding as we read of the scriptures. Lord, open our understanding to understand the scriptures and stay with the scriptures. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, the concept, another gospel, was taken from Galatians chapter 1. And I'll read that verse, verse 6. It says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ, unto another gospel. You know, when you read that verse, which most people do, they just assume that what their pastor preached or what they have heard, the kind of preaching they know, that is the gospel and any other one is another gospel. That is the assumption that believers work with. But it's quite a shame for a believer to think that way and walk that way because we must probe the scriptures when it says another gospel. These are the Galatians. And who are the Galatians? When did Paul preach his gospel to the Galatians? What was the gospel that he really preached unto them? Those are questions that a believer must learn to ask when you're studying the scripture. That's why if you read verse number 9, or let's say verse 8 first. Let's see verse 8. Or oh, verse 7. Let me go on from verse 7 to 8 so we get the full picture. He said, Which is not another, but there be some that trouble you, take note of those words, trouble you, and would pervert the gospel of Christ. He's still describing a gospel, which is the gospel of Christ. Now let's read verse 8. For though we... Or an angel from heaven preach another gospel unto you than that which we have preached, than that which we have preached unto you. Let him be accursed. Now, don't stop there. Don't stop there. Ask yourself, what was the gospel that had been preached? Because if you don't ask these questions, you will assume that any of anything is the gospel. You will assume anyone that mentioned Christ is the gospel. No, we must ask that question. Go back to where Paul the Apostle preached to the Galatians at first. So we can learn the gospel he preached to them. And then we can conclude what that gospel was. So... The region of Galatia, of course, is 
as uh, there is a main city, it was in the first, very first missionary journey of Paul and Barnabas when they went out the first time, that they went to that region. And in that region, there was a city called Antioch in Pisidia. Antioch in Pisidia is the main city of the region of Galatia where Paul preached. And let's go back to that place and read the gospel that was preached to them. Acts chapter 13, that's in, recorded in Acts chapter 13 from verse number 13. He said, Now, when Paul and his companion loose from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. And when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch in Pisidia. Now, take note of that. And he, of course, went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. And after the reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if ye have any words of exaltation for the people, say on. Now, this is the gospel. Paul the Apostle stood up at that point and started preaching the gospel. He started preaching all the way from verse number 17. He preached. And look at the sermon, he gave the history of the children of Israel all the way down onto Abraham. Of course, he talked about Abraham in verse 26, men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham. Whoso among you feared God, to you is the word of this salvation sent. And what is that gospel is preaching? He has not clarified. Now, if we go down continually, until we get to verse 28, and though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired that they pilot that he should be slain. And when they had when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a sepulchre. So look at the gospel, look at the gospel here. But God raised him from the dead, and he was sent many days. Of them, he was seen, sorry, many days of them which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. Now, listen, and we declare unto you glad tidings. Glad tidings. That's the gospel. Good news. Good news. That's the gospel. How that. The promise which was made unto the fathers, God had fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he had raised up Jesus again, as it is written also in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as concerning he, he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption. He said to this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. So we can see that that was the gospel he preached. That was the gospel Paul was referring to. And we must be very careful to take note of the gospel. We are reading that. Wherefore, 
he said also in another psalm, Thou shalt not suffer thy holy one to see corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and, lay, and was laid on, unto his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised saw no corruption. Verse 37, 38. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, through Jesus, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sin. Is preached unto you the forgiveness of sin. Sins. And by him all that believe. Now, this, this is, these are the specifics of the gospel. We must pay attention to this specific that Paul preached in Galatia. He said, And by him, verse 38, Acts 13, 39, And by him all that believe are justified from all things. All that believe his resurrection that I've been talking about. All that believe this message of Jesus being raised from the dead shall be justified. All that believe are justified, rather, very, very specific and very, very, very strongly that this is a real thing, is not going to be or not sure, or it's not, it's not something of sure or not sure. No, it is certain that if you believe, you are justified from all things that means from every wrong thing whatever attributed to before that you cannot wrong can be can be in any way in any way added to your account that's what it means completely justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses to the Jews they have held on to the law it cannot justify them, but faith in the redemptive work, in the resurrection of Christ, bring complete justification. Now, so if you look at that alone, it tells you the summation of the gospel that was preached at first to them. The Jews had this gospel and they were contending because the law of Moses is what they prefer to continue to obey. And they have refused to believe in Christ. And for that reason, they were envious. They never agreed. And that's why Paul the Apostle went on and said, Beware therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophet. Behold ye despise us, and wonder, and perish. For I walk, I walk in your days, a walk which ye, sh ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. That's, that's why even today believers still struggle with the concept of eternal salvation. That you are believed, you are completely justified, past, present, future. Completely justified from all things by your faith. Abraham was declared righteous once and so he was for the rest of his life. Whatever fault and wrongdoing is no longer accounted against him. That is what it is that the gospel is that the apostle preached. And when the Jews refused this gospel, look at what it says to them in verse 46. 
and 45. Let me read 45 and 46. It said, But when the Jews saw the multitude, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken unto you, spoken to you. But seeing ye put it from you and judge yourself unworthy of eternal life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. We turn to the Gentiles. For so had the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light to the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be thou shouldest be for salvation unto the end ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard these things, or heard these, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained, ordained to eternal life, believed. You see, and the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region of Galatia. That's what I mean, published throughout the, the whole region of Galatia. Now, if we look at this, we now have a clarity of what the gospel was that was preached to the Galatians. So when you come to the book of Galatians and you see Paul referring to another gospel, it is clear that it must have been something of the law, something relating to the law that must have been brought into the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ is pure. Faith, believe what Christ has done and you have received eternal life. Pure. No addition, no qualification, nothing else. No works, nothing. And that is the problem that the Jews were struggling with. That you cannot declare a man completely justified without him doing something. They still felt that there must be something you must do to add to your justification. Then you are fully justified. If not, you are not saved yet. Your temporary, your salvation, you have is just temporary. You know, depending on the work you do and how you do, whether how you behave yourself, making sure that you are living right. If not, you are lose that salvation again. That was what the Jews were bringing in, and that dilution, that. Gospel that troubles, that unsettles the believer. That's what Paul the Apostle call it. That there be some that trouble you. What is the troubling? That you are not saved yet completely. That you, if you don't live right, if you don't do this, if you don't do that, you are not going to get eternal life. And you begin to be afraid that your salvation, you, are, you can lose it. That is an unsettling of the believer. And any gospel that unsettles you as a believer, that make you frightened that you are, you are losing salvation, ah, then be careful, another gospel must have been added. Because the gospel of Christ is just faith to believe unto eternal life. That's it. That's the gospel. Believe his resurrection, that he, God raised him from the dead, and that justifies a man completely from all things from all things like abraham was justified so that is the understanding of the true gospel of christ
So many, many read this Galatians chapter 1. I marvel you are so soon removed from the gospel, from him that called you to, to, to the, into the gospel of uh, the grace of Christ and onto another gospel, blah, blah, blah. And then you keep, you, you are just not sure what was the gospel of the grace of Christ that he was saying. Grace of Christ. Gospel of the grace of Christ. So you can see, it has nothing with a gospel that you must do something. No, 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 no. It's a gospel of the grace of Christ. Believing in Christ is redemptive work. Faith, believe, and you are saved. Pure, simple. That's the gospel. So the gospel is emphatic in those terms. That you have, you receive, you by faith, you believe, and you are saved. You are justified from all things. That's it. And the Gentiles received that. They believe it. And they were justified. The Israelite, the Jews, struggled with believing. And they remained unjustified because they were holding on to their law. So those are some of the things. So we must be very careful to know what the true gospel is. And that's what we have in Christianity today. There has been, there's a problem, there's this challenge of understanding what the gospel of Christ is and what is another gospel. So, you know, most, 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 most faith, of course, most, most uh, denomination, they preach grace for salvation and then they bring in the works to try to tame you to stay you know, to be, to have a, a bit of fear that you can lose this salvation you have received by grace if you don't live like this, if you don't wear this, if you don't wear that, if you don't put like this, if you put on this one, you have lost it. If you, you are defiled again, this one you have. De- All of those is now the additions that start coming into the gospel, the pure gospel to corrupt it. And that is what the believers must learn to start recognizing because this is an era that knowledge of the gospel is growing. We are beginning to understand what is the pure gospel of Christ. What is the pure gospel of Christ? And what is another? The addition, the eteros that is being added slowly into the gospel. And many people, you know, all of their lifetime have remained in this gospel of the mixture where you have grace to receive, you know, faith to receive salvation through Christ. And then by that grace you have received now, you want to go and start doing the law, else you can lose your salvation. That becomes a gospel that unsettles you. You are not that means you are not sure that this salvation is permanent and that depending on the way you walk, you may lose it or you may gain it. That means the angels that rejoiced when you believe the gospel at the first that you have believed and you are now saved and they are rejoicing for that salvation you have received will, will cry again that you have lost the salvation. And then when you maybe live right at the end, they will start rejoicing at the end that yes, yes, you are finally then you have received salvation. My brother, my sister, is never so. It's never so. We must learn to understand the pure gospel of Christ. So that is where I'm going to stop this and I will take the next series of this of this uh, study to start examining what is that another gospel now the other gospel we must understand that when scriptures are written there is always explanation to what the other gospel is there is an explanation in the book of galatians 
So don't assume what anybody else preaches is another gospel until you have studied the explanation in the rest of the chapters. So the other gospel we will see in the rest chapters of the book of Galatians. As we start studying them, studying the chapters, we will see the other gospel, the another that is unsettling the believers, and we'll begin to see that gospel clearly. So I thank the Lord for listening to this podcast today and I do encourage you to keep listening in and keep studying the word for yourself, understanding and probing and asking questions and not just swallowing everything that comes to you. We must start working in understanding of the scriptures and not just what anybody say or what anybody wrote about. Read the scriptures, ask the questions, go and search for yourself like I've just done, going back to the true gospel that was preached in the region of Galatia, which they have believed at first, which no man must in any way adulterate. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for this clarity of your word. And as your people keep studying and opening their understanding into the scriptures, Lord, my prayer is that every word, this knowledge, will keep growing big in their inside until nothing else matters. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. So remain blessed until we come to you again. God bless you. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. Uh, we're continuing our, our series sorry, on another gospel which we have started previously. Um, let's pray together. Father, we thank you this hour. We bless you for your word. Thank you because your word comes with clarity and understanding upon our hearts. And as we read of the word and search the scriptures together, we will come to a place of understanding and stay with the scriptures. Thank you, Lord, for clarity and understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, today, we are going to continue our series, the second part of the What is Another Gospel? And we've started the series previously, and we've established that Paul the Apostle, when he meant by the gospel we have preached unto you, he was referring to what was preached in Acts chapter 13. And we've read that in the previous, of course, uh, part, the first part. We've read all of what Paul said in that gospel, and it was purely how that Christ died and was buried and he rose from the dead and whosoever believeth on this basis of his resurrection receives justification from all things and as many Jews or Gentiles as many Gentiles that believed that believed as of that time received eternal life and that is what Paul was communicating in his writing back to the Gentiles in Galatia. So we see what Paul was emphasizing that that gospel that gives you the assurance that you have received, you have believed Christ and that you have received eternal life unconditionally, not based on anything you do or didn't do. Stay with that gospel. Do not allow anyone else bring in anything to trouble your faith, trouble you and make you unstable to think that what you have believed 
is not enough and that you need to do something extra to receive justification. So that is what Paul was clearly in this book of Galatians addressing to the people, the Gentiles, especially in Galatia. So we see that that was the concept of this study. So we go back to Galatians chapter 1 and we've read uh, from verse 6, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him which co that called you in, into, the into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. So we see him mentioning that and he called the gospel he preached to them the grace of Christ, the grace of Christ and that any other thing out of the grace of Christ is another gospel. So we see that he is saying that in verse 7 that there, there be some that want to trouble you. We will learn to understand now as we read on in the rest uh, chapters of the book what he meant by trouble them. And he said would, th that troubling would pervert the gospel of Christ. That means they are bringing in something else that is not the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ, as we've established, is simple and is, is, is very straightforward. That Christ died, he was buried, and that he rose for your justification. So if you believe, you are justified from everything, from all things. Nothing can be accounted against you because Christ becomes your advocate and you are completely justified for the rest of life. That means you receive eternal life and eternal life dwells inside you in your spirit so you are sealed by that eternal life. So that is the gospel of Christ. Nothing added. No works, not based on what you do and what you didn't do. All right. Now, Let's get on to uh, the later uh, uh, verses now. Verse 10. For do I now persuade men or God? So Paul the Apostle is asking a question. Do I have to start persuading anybody? Do I seek to please men? Must I do work for any man to show that, oh, until a man approve of what I have done? Before I can I can say that I've received salvation, I can say that I have eternal life. I yet I please men, for yet for yet if I please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. I must preach the gospel as pure as it is. I will not compel anybody to come and do anything of the law in any way to stay or to receive their salvation. He said, but I, I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man, is not after man. For I neither receive it of men, I, sorry, neither receive it of men, neither was I taught it but by the revelation of Christ. You know, you need to understand the way Paul is talking here. When he was preaching the gospel of grace, he, he said he had come to that understanding by the revelation of the Spirit, which the rest of the apostles were still struggling to understand. Clearly, clearly. We will see that in the book of Galatians. Now, you see that. So he said, for 
ye have heard of my conversation, that is my way of life in the past, in the Jewish religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. He was zealous in the Jewish religion and profited in the Jewish religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my fathers, which of course many are still upholding today. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him, preach him, the, whatever anybody is preaching, if it is not focused, if it is not Christ alone, you are, add, you are bringing something else. If you are going to read the Old Testament, go and look for Christ and teach Christ from the Old Testament. Don't go and bring the law and start putting people under the law. And That's not what Paul preached. His preaching is preaching him, Christ, among the heathen. Immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither went I up to Jerusalem, to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. And after, then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem. Now look, this is where Paul the Apostle, after three years, went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days. And other of the apostles saw I none, save James the Lord's brother. Now the things which I write unto you, behold, before God, I lie not. Now, so if we see that, Paul the Apostle coming to Jerusalem to start, you know, declaring to the apostles, the, the, the apostles of the Lord, as we all know them, the gospel of Christ. They themselves were, have not come to the full understanding of the gospel of Christ. In fact, despite the fact that they've been with Christ all the years, and were the first, very first people to be saved and display the power of the Holy Ghost that came in upon them, all of that, they still do not clearly understand the gospel of Christ. You can see that the grace of Christ was still, you know, completely not understood by them. So you see that in, in, in chapter 2 now, let's move on to Galatians chapter 2. He said, then 14 years after, look at that, after 3 years, he went and saw Peter 15, 15 days to just discuss with him the gospel that he's preaching. And of course, at that point, Peter gained some understanding of the gospel at that point. And then he went away again. And after 14 years, he came back up, went up to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. And I went up by revelation, look at that, and communicated unto them that gospel which I preached I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, lest by by means or lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. I should run or had run in vain. Now this is a, a, a point to take note of for as many that may think that when Paul the Apostle wrote in 1 Corinthians 9.27 and he said that I might not run in vain, that I will not be a castaway and all of that, he is talking about the reward for the work of the gospel he has done. He doesn't want to lose his reward after suffering all of those things. That's what it means. That after you have been in the race to run the whole race, you didn't get to win that prize 
is meant for the race. That means the reward for the service that he has done. So that's what he was saying, that he didn't want a situation that he had run in vain. That's why he wants to come and declare to them, this is the gospel I've been preaching to the Gentiles, and this is what it means. And now, verse 3, but neither Titus who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. At this point, they are beginning to understand that circumcision shouldn't be a barrier for the Gentiles. They must be allowed to believe and be saved without circumcision. Now, in verse 4, and that because of false brethren, look at that word, because of false brethren, unawares brought in who came in privily to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus. A believer has liberty in Christ Jesus. That means nothing is accounted against you as a believer, even in your wrongdoing. That's what it means. Now, but because that liberty is given to you, does that mean that you just live anyhow? No, no. That's why the teaching of the gospel is important. The teaching of these words. So that we know that brethren, we have been called to liberty. Only use not your liberty as an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. So you will see Paul the Apostle, of course, is going to address all of these things because the, the fear of the, of the Jews is that, oh, if you give the Gentiles this liberty, they are going to just live anyhow and they will still make it yet, but they are living anyhow. They will destroy uh, the, the, the gospel of Christ, the gospel we have for us. They will not live by the standard, the standard, the standard. And that's what many, 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 many you know, uh, denominations have held on to. They have a standard, they have a standard, and they, ended, they end up putting the standard first before Christ. They end up bringing in standard, standard, and pushing away people, making people feel guilty of things that the Lord Jesus has justified them of. So those are some of the things that we must understand that we have liberty in Christ, but we must know what that liberty is and live in that understanding. So we see that, that you know, false brethren came in to spy out, spy out. And that's what many, many are doing. Ah, that person that says he's a believer, look at the way he's living. He cannot, he cannot make it oh, until he lives like this, until he lives. And you are trying to impose on him that the law that if you don't do this, if you don't do the law of sin and death on a believer. The law of sin and death has no hold on the believer. The believer has complete liberty in Christ. We only do not use our liberty as an occasion to the flesh. That's the understanding with which we walk as believers. So that's one thing we must clearly establish. He said that we, that the liberty which we have in Christ, that they might bring us into bondage. A lot of people are brought back into bondage because the liberty in Christ is they receive this liberty and most people who will not 
learn and understand what the liberty is and live with that confidence that you cannot be eternal, you cannot perish anymore eternally. Like Jesus said, I give unto them eternal life, John 10, 28 and 29, and they shall never perish. That is a liberty. You are freed completely from the hold of sin accounted against you. It can no longer be accounted to the believer. You are completely freed, complete liberty. And this liberty, even in your wrongdoing, it is not accounted against you. So does that mean that you must keep living that way? Then you don't understand what liberty you have in Christ. The liberty you have in Christ is to live in love. Live in love. Don't live carelessly. Don't live a life of, you know, living anyhow, committing anything you want to commit. You are, Then you don't understand the gospel. You don't know what, who lives in you. Because in your spirit man, you are sinless. You are pure. You are holy. So what you do is to start learning to understand your identity in your spirit man and start building and start beginning to grow towards that identity it comes from inside out it is not you trying to you know live this way no, nobody should see me um, i'm making sure that nobody see me to, I'm, I'm, I'm living right i'm not living right and all of that that's not the life of christ that's not the life of a believer we don't live that way we live by love that's what it is to whom we gave we gave place we gave uh, we gave place by subjection no verse 5 galatians 2 not for an hour that the truth of the gospel might continue with you you see the apostle said we care not whoever they were we didn't give them place to come and trouble you and make you feel that oh because of the way you are living you are no longer saved oh, your salvation you have lost it and all of that all of those kind of preachers are people we don't give a place because your liberty in christ is for you you have it he will address that liberty later in chapter 5 he will address so these are some of the things the teaching is complete you don't just read one place and and say oh i have liberty and this person say i have liberty and then you go and jump and do any other then you don't understand you haven't read the whole message how the believer is so these are some of the things and the people that wants to tie down people by the law if you don't do this you are losing your salvation if you don't live like this you have lost salvation oh you are no longer in faith you are this you are that all of those sort of fear and troubling the believer should not be that's what they are about that those those things are the another gospel that have been added or have been have been included in the gospel of christ unsettling most believers so look at verse 6 for of these who seems to be somewhat whatsoever they were it make no matter to me god accepted no man's person for they who seems to be somewhat in conference had nothing added nothing to me so you see but contrawise when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed to me as the gospel of the circumcision unto peter for he that wrought effectually in peter to the apostleship of the circumcision the same was mighty in me towards the gentiles and when james 
Kephas and John, who seems to be pillars, he didn't even know them. You see, he didn't even know who were the top guys. He just said, Oh, these were the guys that seems to be pillars. They perceived the grace that was given unto me. They gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go unto the hidden and they unto the circumcision. Only what would only they would that we should remember the poor, the same which I also was forward to do. So you see, Paul the Apostle was pretty clear with his declaration of the gospel of Christ to the top apostles. To the top apostles. You see, Paul lecturing these apostles of the gospel of Christ. Despite the fact that they have been the one that have been with Christ and have received the Holy Ghost first and all of those things, Paul the Apostle teaching them the gospel. And that's what is happening today. Most people have been in the faith so much, experienced so much this, so much that, but they still stumble when it comes to staying with the pure gospel of Christ. They still bring in the law to try to tame people because if they, they think, if, if, I, if we just give them this liberty, they may live anyhow and all that. No, no. The gospel of Christ is not of compulsion. It doesn't put a man under fear. You don't fear. There is no fear in love. God does not use fear to make people repent. Fear is not it. Faith is what saved. Faith is what saved. The law is of fear. It's not of faith. The law is you being careful in fear not to do right not to do wrong so that you you will receive this punishment that punishment sin and death that's the law but in christ the spirit of life has been released to us and that's why we don't fear we that are in christ we are at rest we know that we that have believed as have entered into rest and that rest is the liberty that we have received of the lord and with that liberty, we live by love. We live by love. We don't use the liberty as an occasion to the flesh. As those, you know, some people feel, oh, uh, how can you tell somebody if they have believed they are forever saved and that uh, they can, they, you, you are telling them to live anyhow. That is your assumption because you don't know the gospel. You don't understand what the gospel is. All your thought is until you bring the law in to cage somebody, you have not you have not preached the gospel right that is not the way the gospel of christ is preached it is preached to free men give men complete liberty and they begin to learn in that liberty to walk by love that's just it that's just it so if we don't understand that the gospel is complete freedom from anything of the law, we will continue to entangle the pure gospel of Christ with the things of the law. And that makes it another gospel. So that's what the apostle was clearly teaching here. So we're going to round up today at this point, but, and then we'll continue the episode, of course, in the next series. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, we bless you, we exalt your name, Heavenly Father, for these words that we are reading and understanding that the gospel of Christ is pure in its sense, and the gospel brings complete liberty. The gospel has nothing to hold any man to bondage. It is liberty and freedom. Lord, we thank you, because in our liberty, we don't use it as an occasion to the flesh, but by love we serve 
one another. We serve the Lord Christ. By love, we serve the Lord Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain blessed until we come to you in the next episode. Bless you. Hello and welcome again to this episode uh, of our teaching on another gospel. Uh, we're still looking at the book of Galatians. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you this hour. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the understanding of your word. And Lord, we pray that as we keep reading of these words, you will open the word to us in clarity to understand what you have in mind for the believers. Thank you, Father. And for those who haven't believed or who are still struggling to understand their state as believers you open their understanding in these teachings in Jesus name Amen. Now we're looking at Galatians. Of course, we've been on chapter 1, verse number 6, where the apostle says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. And we've been explaining what this another gospel is and what is the gospel of the grace of Christ. And we've gone over to Acts chapter 13, where Paul the Apostle first preached the gospel to the region of Galatia at Antioch in Pisidia, Pisidia and we have looked at the preaching of the Apostle and we've concluded there that the message was Christ's death, his burial, his resurrection and as many as believe on that resur re resurrection of Christ have received justification from all things. They are justified from all things. And justification is a once and for all thing. That means once you are justified, you are justified forever. You cannot be re-justified again because your believing is just once. And once you believe the, 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 the redemption of Christ in his resurrection, then you are saved eternally. That is the gospel of Christ. And we established that, that the, the people that believe at that time they received eternal life and that means once you have received eternal life eternal life dwells in you and it stays in you through the Holy Spirit forever and you never lose eternal life that has been established but Paul the Apostle was very worried with the believers because most believers will not enjoy their state of being believers they will be under some sort of trouble or uncertainty not knowing if truly their, their belief has given them eternal salvation or their salvation is temporal based on them doing other things before they can be saved eternally and that is what the apostle has been dealing with as another gospel that unsettles the believer, that troubles you, make you feel troubled that what you have believed in Christ is not enough. You must do your own, do live like this, live like that. If not, you will lose the salvation you have and all of that. So that was the, 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 the thing that the apostle was addressing in the book of Galatians. And it was clearly taking care of these things. So we're going to continue from Galatians chapter 2 from verse number 12. 
and we, we stopped at number uh, verse number 10 where we saw that Paul the Apostle went back to Jerusalem to converse with the, the key apostles and give them the gospel of the grace of Christ because they themselves were still struggling with understanding that point that a man need only faith to believe in Christ and you are saved forever. You do not need the works of the law. You do not need to do any other thing of yourself to receive that justification by faith. So we see that completely that was the thing that they were struggling with. And Paul the Apostle was giving them this teaching to clarify the gospel of Christ. So verse 11. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to blame. He was to be blamed. For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separate, separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews dissembled, of course, likewise with him, in so much that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly, according to the truth of the gospel, that means putting no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith, purity of heart by faith, not by you being able to purify your heart yourself like they do of old. In the Old Testament, they will tell sanctify yourself. You sanctify yourself. And many still preach the gospel that way. In Christ, you don't sanctify yourself. Christ sanctify you. The moment this you receive the gospel by faith, the spirit of Christ enters and sanctifies you. You are sanctified, you are declared righteous, justified before God. Before God, despite your feeling, despite your thought telling you, oh, what about this sin? What about that one you do wrong? Are you sure you are still cleared from that? Despite those mindsets, you are before God declared pure. You have nothing hold, held rather against you in any way. So that understanding must come to the believer. If not, you continue to entertain fear of whether you are fully in the faith or whether you will make it to heaven or not. You are unsettled. So that's, that must be clarified in the gospel. Verse 14, And when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou, being a Jew, liveth after the manner of Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? So it is not these are these are these are some of the things that we must we must understand in the gospel. It is not because somebody, you know, they have believed and they haven't come to learn, have, they haven't learned of the life, of the, the true nature of the believer. They are still, you know, they are, they, they are still here and there, but they have believed. When you see people like that, you start condemning them. Oh, uh, that person, the way he's living, he will not make it. If rapture should happen, he will not make it. And you think that it is by either you live like a Gentile or you are you that is living like a Jew with all your sanctimony and all your self-righteousness is the one that will make it and the one that is living like a Gentile will not make it. Believe me and believe the word of God here that you do not compel others to live like you. We don't compel people. 
the spirit in them will teach them as they continue to learn the word of God. It is not your place to compel anybody to try to live the way you want or you think that you understand. That was what the Jews were doing here. They are compelling their way of life upon the Gentiles. And that is not the gospel of Christ. That's not the gospel of Christ. Look at verse 15. For who, for who are Jews by nature and not for who are Jews by nature are not sinners of the Gentiles. Knowing, knowing, take note of verse 16, Galatians 2.16, that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. If I were you, I would take note of this verse 15 that both Jews and Gentiles we are declared equal before God the moment we believe if you like you are the Jews that is living a life of sanctimony and self-righteousness according to the law your faith is what makes you righteous before God justifies you before God the Gentile that is not living right as the Jews will suppose that same Gentiles that have had faith on Christ in the in the redemptive work of Christ have has been declared as justified and righteous as the Jews that is living a sanctimonious life. So we, we see that justification is only by faith of Jesus Christ. Faith of Jesus Christ, nothing else, nothing else, both to the Jews and to the Gentiles. Verse 17. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners. Is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. We ourselves are found sinners. What does it mean? The way they were doing, separating themselves, trying to you know, segregate themselves from the Gentiles because they feel the Gentiles are not clean enough to associate with the Jews. And that is the way most believers are doing today. They are thinking they are so clean beyond other believers who they feel are not living right enough. So if we begin to carry mindset like that, we go back to the same dissimulation that the Jews were doing at that time. That's what we get to. And look at verse 18. He said, for if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Now, most times, a lot of people read this verse and they don't understand context of Bible. So they just carry that verse and say, ah, if you go back to that, your friend again, that is of the world that you used to be friend before, you have made yourself a transgressor. Uh, if you go back to uh, the lying, you lied before. If you go back to fornication, you fornicate before. If you go back to adult, if you go back, anything you go, you have made yourself. They begin to attribute this verse and apply it omnibusly to everything in the man's life. And that is the problem that we have in Christianity today. We don't learn to listen or read what the scripture is saying to us. Rather, we put our mind on the scripture. And that is a murdering or completely dishonoring the scriptures. 
Now, Paul just said, for if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. Question, what has been the conversation? What has been the talk? The Jews are trying to reject the Gentiles when they are all both justified by faith only. What are you trying to separate yourself for? What holiness do you think you have? That you think that you are so holy that you cannot associate with Gentiles. That is the question Paul the Apostle is dealing with here. That if I begin to build again, that means I begin to feel or go back to my Jewish way of life and put others away. That even though they have believed by faith, they are still not holy enough to associate with me. I am beginning to go back to you know, keeping myself according to the law and not according to the faith of Christ. So, I am making myself a transgressor. These are the things that Paul was dealing with. And we must learn to understand the scripture in context. So, we don't apply it away from the context the scripture is teaching. Look at verse 19. For though, for I do, I true, sorry, for I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. Verse 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. This verse 20 is another verse that a lot of people try to, you know, use it to, to, to kind of put people under some sort of cage that you must crucify your flesh, you must crucify yourself, you are crucified with Christ, and all that and all that. And we don't learn to understand the scripture, what it is teaching right there. We take the verse and we apply it to our, our head, just like that. No, that's that's wrong application of scripture. Let's go back to understand what Paul was saying. He's talking about the way the Jews were behaving with the Gentiles. And that they are looking at them as Gentiles in the flesh and therefore they are segregating themselves from them. So he's clearly saying that I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. So the life that I now live... It is Christ that lives in me. And in Christ, we do not separate ourselves from others. That means Christ do not condemn anybody. Christ does not live a life of condemnation, of looking at other people as filthy and you are cleaner. You are purer. You are the only one going to heaven. You are preparing heaven for yourself, probably in your purity, in your holiness. So that is the problem of the Jews at that time. And the same thing is happening to many denominations in this time. They are struggling to understand that everyone that has believed is accepted of God. It is not of your lifestyle. It is of your faith. So we must deal with the scripture in context. That Paul said, the life I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. That means the believer's life is a life of faith. It's not a life of, you know, feelings or what, you know, whether you are you are clean enough. Not, it's not that sort of, it's a life of faith. That's what is so establishing. And in verse 21, which is the verse we're going to round up this, this teaching with today, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if, look at it, 
I do not frustrate the grace of God. Question, how do I frustrate the grace of God? For if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. If you think by your right living according to the law is what you gain righteousness before God, then Christ has died in vain. And that sort of thinking to be righteous more than others is a frustration of the grace of God. And, and most people, we read this verse and we think that frustrating the grace means, oh, I receive grace and I'm living anyhow, so I'm frustrated. That person is living anyhow, so he's frustrating the grace. Oh, no, 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 no. That you don't understand the scriptures because it's, it's right there. It's explained right there what it means to frustrate the grace of God. To frustrate the grace of God is depending on your righteousness by the law or by some standard of living. The moment you bring a standard and say, oh, if you live like this, you are righteous, you are holy before God to see God, you are beginning to build a righteousness of yourself. And in that sense, you are frustrating the grace of God because that means you are not completely justified. You are not completely righteous by faith of Christ only, but by your works. So that means Christ has died in vain for you. So we must, we must begin to see these scriptures when studied like this in context that we, it clearly comes out what the scripture is communicating and not what we think. So we see that in this, in this episode, of course, we have seen clearly the, 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 the part of the other gospel that Paul was dealing with. This another gospel was the part that some people are beginning to feel they are more righteous than the other. That's another gospel. The gospel of Christ put no difference between us and them. Between any all believers, all believers are equally righteous, equally holy, equally justified before God by their faith in Jesus Christ. The faith of Jesus Christ is what justifies all men. And that's why if we begin to entertain any form of I am holier, purer, in my way of life is better than the other, in the gospel, that is another gospel. That's no longer the gospel of Christ. So we see and you know the, the, the clarity in explanation of what another gospel is in this book of Galatians. And in chapter 2 from verse 11 to verse 21, we have seen that People will think that their life is more righteous than the others and that righteousness come by the way they live or the way they are holy or moral before, before God or before other men. It is by that that their righteousness or their holiness is judged and they, by that they begin to despise others and not being righteous enough to associate with them, not being holy enough despite they are all believers. They have all believed by faith and they forget that our righteousness, our justification, our sanctification is completely by the faith of Jesus Christ. Nothing else added. Galatians chapter 2 verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by the faith of Jesus Christ 
even we have believed in Jesus Christ. Even we, the Jews, have believed in Jesus Christ. It is not because we are able to keep all of the Jewish law that we can make it. No, it is by our faith too. We too, we come in by faith. That's what it means. Both Jews, both Gentiles, everyone in the world come into the faith by faith. Come into Christ by faith. Nothing else. So that's it. That we might be justified by the faith of, of Christ and not of the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Full stop. No flesh be justified. No man must ever think that you are holy by the way you live carefully or by not doing one you know, wrong thing or the other. Morality is not justification. It doesn't justify you before God. Both believers and unbelievers live a moral life, especially in, in a society like the UK where we are, is a place of morality. People learn to make sure they live by the law so they don't get into trouble. So that sort of life is not what justified before God. Justification before God is by faith completely. And we pray that as we have seen these words, these words begin to come with understanding and believers are beginning to learn the truth of the word of God and study the word in its right perspective and stay with the word as it is written in there. We thank you, Lord. Father, we bless you. We honor you today. Thank you for, your te for the teaching. Thank you for the word that we have read and seen in the scriptures. And Lord, is our prayer that more and more clarity of the words keep coming that your people will be equipped and build up and jesus will be glorified we thank you lord for these words and that these words continue to grow this understanding continue to grow big in our inside until nothing else matters that we know that by faith alone is a man justified before god thank you father be glorified in jesus name amen remain blessed until we get to you again in the next episode. God bless you. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. Um, we're in the series of what is another gospel and it's been an enjoyable study so far and we're going to be continuing today. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you at this moment. Thank you for your word that has been coming to us in clarity and understanding. Father, we thank you because these words are the words that are written that we may understand, study and understand them and live as it is written in the word. Father, we pray that as believers continue to build their understanding on the right perspective of the word of God that we will stay with the word and not what anyone else preach unto us. Thank you Father. In Jesus name. Amen. Now today I will continue the, the fourth part of the series of another gospel. What is another gospel? And we've been trying to uh, uh, define what another gospel is uh, as it is explained in the book of Galatians by the Apostle Paul. And he started by saying in chapter 1 verse 6, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from the grace from, uh, from him which has called you into the grace of Christ 
unto another gospel. So we said, what is this another gospel? And we've been examining that gospel. And we said also that in Bible study, the Bible don't just say something and leave it without explaining. So the book of Galatians, Paul took his time to explain what is the another that has been added to the gospel of Christ. And we've seen in chapter 2 from verse 11, how that the Jews felt that their way of life of righteousness by the law or living right as per se today is the standard that everybody must live according to. So they were separating themselves from the Gentiles, feeling the Gentiles were too, you know, unclean to associate with. And therefore, even though they are all believed by faith, they felt they were different. And these were some of the things that Paul the Apostle corrected before Peter is withstood him to the faith and preached the gospel of justification by faith unto all men unto him. And he said that by the works of the law shall no, no flesh, no flesh, no flesh be justified. So that was very clear and we see that many still today frustrate the grace of God by trying to do their own righteousness before God. Anyone trying to show holiness unto God of themselves is frustrating the grace of God. That's what it means. So I do not frustrate the grace of God in chapter 2 verse 21 for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. So if we do our unrighteous works and we think that that's what qualifies us, then Christ has died in vain. That's what it means. So we're going on to chapter 3 now in verse 1, Galatians 3 verse 1, still continuing the, the discourse of defining another gospel, another gospel. He said, O foolish Galatians, who had bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Okay, that means there is a truth. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ had been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you, receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. When you get born again, is it because you were living a right life that you got born again? Of course not, of course not. He said, he died for us in that while we were yet seen as Christ died for us. And by the hearing of faith of these words, you believed. And when you believed, you received the Spirit. You received the Spirit. That's why I said, this only I will learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law. So receiving the Spirit is by hearing of faith. Is by hearing of faith not by the works of the law. So you judge, is it by the works of the law that you receive the Spirit or by the hearing of faith? When you, we hear the gospel of Christ, by faith we believe it. 
And the moment a man believes it, you receive the spirit. And that spirit is what we call eternal life that comes to whoever believes the gospel. And as long as that spirit has entered a man, it has entered you forever. You, do, you cannot in any way remove that spirit because it comes by the faith of the hearing of the gospel. Nothing else, not of your own works. So that's why he said in verse 3, Are ye so foolish, having begun in the spirit? Are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Now knowing that by faith you believe and the spirit come on into you, do you think that it's by your work in the flesh that you will now maintain that spirit that came in by faith? That's the question. And that's what most believers lack understanding of today. They feel that, oh, if I do this uh, thing and maybe it's, it's you know, if I because of this wrong deed, because of that wrong deed, oh, I'm no longer having my salvation again. The spirit has left me. Oh, truly, is it because you were right, living right and clean before the spirit came in, or you just believed and the spirit came in? So you need to ask yourself that you receive the spirit of faith, not of your works, not because you were clean, not because you you decide to clean yourself. If you think that's the way you received your the spirit by cleaning your own self then trust me you are not born again you are not saved because it is by faith in the gospel that the spirit comes in so you cannot in your work in your work in the flesh make yourself perfect that's what it means you do not try to make yourself perfect because perfection is not of the flesh it is something you have in your spirit you are perfected in the spirit once and for all by faith haven't have haven't have have ye suffered sorry so many things verse 4 in vain if it be yet in vain he therefore that ministered ministered to you by the spirit and worketh miracles among you do it he eat by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith another question when 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 we pray for people to be healed when we preach the gospel and people believe and they receive their healing and all of that is that comes by those people living right you know those people doing you know or they are you know some works and making sure that they are doing the work of the law or any sort of works they need to do before they will satisfy satisfy god to give them miracles no, it is just because they believe the word, they receive their miracle. That's what they say. So if the working of miracles come by faith only, why do you then think that you need works for anything? So now, he now moves in to the teaching of Abraham. So that to bring clarity to what justification by faith is, and so that we understand that no man is justified of himself by what he do or what he didn't do. So he brought in now the teaching of Abraham from verse 6. Galatians 3 verse 6. So clearly he is establishing again what the true gospel was and what is the another that has been added to it. So in the first five verses we've seen that if you bring in any works of the law into the spirit that you have received by faith, you are bringing in another gospel. That is another gospel because everything we receive is of faith, is of our faith 
of Christ is the faith of Jesus Christ, nothing else. Any other thing added is another gospel. So verse 6, even as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Ye for, know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the hidden through faith preached, the gospel, preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying indeed shall all nations be blessed. Indeed shall all nations be blessed. So we see the blessing of Abraham is justification by faith. That as many as believe, the same way Abraham believed God in Genesis 15, the same way he was declared righteous, whoever believe what Christ has done is declared righteous, justified before God. So that is it. So be, that's why it says, the same way Abraham received his blessing, or his blessedness of being righteous before God and that blessing by the way is not anything of money or anything of the physical it is the justification by faith forgiveness of sins without works that's what we see devoid of works completely devoid of works so then verse 9 they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham for as many are as are of the works of the law are under the curse for it is written cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them no so that's why when people begin to speak of things like oh if you wear jewelry uh, jewelry was cursed because of the way uh, the children of israel made a golden calf gold was cursed by god and all of that if you say you will not wear jewelry then and everything in the law you must do them because if you don't do any other thing in the law and you think it's only not wearing jewelry that you are doing, then you are cursed. Because cursed is everyone that continues not in all things. So the law brings you into curse, under curse. You cannot in any way be freed by trying to obey one thing or the other in the law. That's why the believer is completely in liberty. In liberty. You are not in any way under the law under the law verse 11 but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of god whatever you do of yourself you cannot be pure enough before god you cannot be holy in any way to go and see god by yourself our faith in christ has made us righteous and by that righteousness by that justification, we will see God. We have him living in us. So that's why we are sure that we see him. There is, it's not a prayer point that uh, for any man to be raptured. We know that the spirit lives in us. So rapture is our own. When, whenever the Lord comes, we will just go. We are not in any way under fear or threat whether you will go or not go. Then get born again. Believe the gospel and let the spirit come into you. Let's continue verse 11. But that no man is justified by the, by the law in the sight of God, it is evident for the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Only those of faith are declared justified. 
if you are trying to be you know pure before God by your way of life or something then you are not of faith you are not of faith and those of faith are the ones that would be declared justified justified verse 12 and the law is not of faith clearly the law is not of faith if you are walking by i live like this i do this i do that so that i know i am clean before god yes the the, the, the my heart is is clearly pure before god and all that if you are just if you are judging yourself that way by some standard the law is not of faith you are not a child of faith the people of faith don't look at ourselves we see Jesus. We know that in him we are justified. In him we are glorified. Yes, we see Jesus. That's the way we see ourselves. Verse 12, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. So if you want to be in the law, you live in the law. You are not of Christ. That's, that's it. You can't be of both. Christ had redeemed us, verse 13, from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now the blessings of the blessing of Abraham, blessing of Abraham singular, might come on the Gentiles through through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promised Spirit through faith. Hmm. So it has defined the blessing of Abraham again that it's the promised Spirit. That that promised spirit through faith that comes into the believer is what is the blessing of Abraham that was declared unto Abraham and that he was declared righteous before God by faith and the same for the believer you are righteous before God and the spirit the promised spirit is in you through faith he stays in you and he is the one that are sure that you are rapturable anytime any day. He is the one that has sealed you unto life eternal. That means you can never be lost. You are forever saved. Verse 15, brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet it, if it be confirmed, no man disannul it or added thereunto. Now to Abraham, his seed were the promises made. He saith not, as to seeds as of many but as of one unto thy seed which is christ which is christ and this i say that the covenant which was confirmed before of god in christ the law which was 430 years after cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect but a believer who has faith in christ is completely holy Pure, righteous before God. The law cannot come and disannul that fact. Even if in ignorance you are trying to use the law to unsettle your own self and you know because of the gospel you hear, today you are praying, the Lord will help you to make heaven. Today, tomorrow you are praying, you feel holy. The other day you are praying, oh, you have lost your sanctification. Even if you are up and down like that, the law that is bringing unsettling in your mind cannot disannul what you have received by faith in Christ. It cannot disannul because justification by faith was declared as of Abraham 
430 years before the law came by Moses. So we see that that cannot disannul that promise. That's what the apostle is, is, is clearly arguing here. So we see that bringing in the law is becoming another gospel unto the gospel of Christ. Because if we don't stay with purely with Christ and we bring in anything of the law, not understanding the gospel, it becomes an unsettling and it troubles the believers. For if the inheritance be of the law, verse 18, it is no more of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. That's another verse you need to, you need to underline again. He said, if the inheritance be of the law. That means if you receive your salvation, your justification by faith, which you are received by faith, if it be of the law, then it is no more of promise. That means it's something you have to work for. That's why those who think that you are running a Christian race to receive salvation at the end, you are under the law. You are not under grace. Under grace, you have received it already. That means you have salvation in you. That means you have the assurance that you are saved eternally. What you are doing is your service for rewards. You don't work for salvation. You work for reward of service. And those rewards of service are what, of course, the Lord will give to as many who have done the service as acceptably because service in service there is a pattern there is a laden way of doing the service and if the service is not done right like you do run in a race there are rules if you didn't do it right you will not get the reward for the service but in salvation it is completely of faith because if the inheritance be of the law if there is anything any law by which salvation is measured then it is no more of promise but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Salvation came by promise and the promise was fulfilled in Christ. And because Christ has fulfilled this, as many as believe, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. To become the sons of God. You are not later going to be. No. Immediately you believe you are declared the Son of God. That means the Spirit dwelleth in you and you are saved eternally. You don't lose that salvation. Whatever you go ahead to do after the salvation is at the things that now you are doing, the works you are doing, which will be rewarded to all men. The, according to what work you have done, you Every believer will be rewarded. And I pray that the Lord will give us understanding and clarity as we are reading these words so that we know and dwell in accordance with the word and not what we think the word is saying or added are adding to the world. So this is clearly the scriptures and that's the stand of the scripture. Another gospel is that of the law that comes and make you feel that you get the inheritance by what you do and what you don't do. And you think that you begin to worry if your salvation is settled. That's another gospel. And therefore, that makes the believer feel that we are not saved completely. But thank God for these words as we're studying I believe it bringing clarity unto you. Let's pray together as we round up this episode of our study on another gospel. We'll continue in the next one. 
bless you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We bless you this hour. Be glorified in us. Thank you, Father, for the understanding of your word. And Lord, as we have read of these words and have seen clearly that we are justified by our faith and declared righteous before you, that we are not afraid because we have received the promised spirit through our faith. And therefore, Lord, fear is not of us. We are settled. We know as believers we are saved eternally and that we do the service with joy that we may be rewarded of the service we have done for the kingdom. Thank you, Father. Be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain blessed until we come to you again in the next episode. God bless you.